Thank you for your presence today. God's design for family is progressively eroding. Today, countless families do not come close to his divine standard, and we don't have to look far to see its impact. The head of the family is the father, who is responsible for the spiritual, physical, and mental development of his family. Sadly, too many children grow up without a father's godly influence, resulting in boys having no respect for girls and girls having no respect for themselves. Keep Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander cautions us to return to God's design for the family. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that we have to preach a a Father's Day message. Father, anoint me now. I need you to speak through me. Uh, Without you, I can indeed do absolutely nothing. Help me, God, to preach in the power of the Spirit. Restrain the work of the enemy free of of distractions and let nothing be unsaid that you want said in Jesus' name and all God's children said. Amen. Have your Bibles. Turn with us to the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 7. Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 7 is our text. Hold your Bibles open and we'll be going through a number of scriptures and you want to see the Lord speak to you. The word of God reads, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Again, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Proverbs 20 and 7. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach the characteristics of a righteous father. The characteristics of a righteous father. I wonder whatever happened to the word righteous. I believe it is a word that we need to rediscover and implement in a world that is filled with corruption, in a world that is filled with injustice and unrest, a world that is so filled with hurt and pain and hate, a world that is filled with uncertainty, fear, and worry. We need to rediscover that wonderful word in the scripture, righteous. Righteous is all over the pages of Holy Scripture. And if you have a Bible, if you just look or do a word search on the word righteous, you'll find it in many books of the Bible. The word righteous is all over the pages of Scripture. And yet we do not hear enough of it in the society in which we live. Now, we do not expect the world to promote righteousness, and we do not expect to hear righteous, the word righteous from the world. But we do need to hear the word righteous from the saints. The word righteous needs to be heard more by the saints and from the saints in our society. We do not expect the world to be pronouncing this word or saying this word because most often they don't know the Lord. And you can expect them to say this word if they don't possess it. But if you're righteous, if you're saved today, you ought to be familiar with this word righteous. It is so rare even within the church. What does the word righteous mean? To be righteous is to be just. 
To be righteous is to be honest. To be righteous is to be upright. To be righteous is to be right-minded. To be righteous is to be true. To be righteous, this is one who is holy in heart, holy in conduct, lifestyle, and character. This is being righteous. One who is righteous will conform his life to the word of God and not live antithetical to what the word of God says. I pose a question to you men and fathers on your special day. Who are the righteous men in this church assembly today? What does God require of a righteous man? What does God require of a righteous husband? And what does God require of a righteous father? You don't just stumble on righteousness. You don't just accidentally become righteous. You don't just say, oops, I'm righteous today. It doesn't work like that. What does God require of a righteous man or even a righteous woman, a righteous man, a righteous husband, or a righteous father? Number one, only a saved man who has a personal relationship with Christ can be a righteous man or father. You can't be righteous unless you have a personal, authentic, genuine relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me, beloved. An unsaved man can be a good moral man and yet not be righteous. You can have an unsaved man who doesn't lie, who doesn't, who doesn't cuss, who doesn't cheat, uh, who doesn't hurt anyone, but they don't have the life of God living in the soul. They do not have a, um, a, a righteous, holy relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be good, morally good, and not be righteous. Uh, and some people take comfort to that and they think that that's enough to get them into heaven. You cannot get to heaven being a morally good person. Uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. <laughs> You cannot be righteous, a righteous man until you are first a saved man. Once you are a saved man, then you can be a righteous man. And saved men do save things. A saved man is one who has experienced uh, the transforming, saving power of Jesus Christ because he has the life of God living in his soul. If you do not have the life of God through the Lordship, through the personal relationship of the Lord Jesus Christ living in your soul, then you are not righteous. Genesis 49, 18 says, I trust in you for salvation, O Lord. That's how you become saved, by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God alone. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you got to acknowledge him as God and your savior and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. If you don't believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, if you don't believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not saved. You can't be saved apart from believing that reality. 
You shall be saved if you believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Verse 10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. You believe in your heart and with the mouth what you believe, you confess with your mouth. Your mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you must be born again to be a righteous man, woman, girl, boy. Number two. A righteous man or father is one who is growing in his spiritual maturity. A righteous man or father is one who is growing in his spiritual maturity. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Listen, dear ones, the worst thing a family can have is a immature, childish man who is selfish, irresponsible, and makes more mess than his family can clean up. It is a sad thing to see an old man with childish ways. Men, only when you are growing in Christ, Can you effectively minister to your family as the priest in your home in a way that builds up your family? You're you're in that family as the husband, as the father, to, to minister, to edify, to build up your family. You're there to bless your family, not to just trample over your family. To, to, to rough short your family. You're to bless your family, which glorifies Christ. Second Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. This is how you, uh, you transition from one level of maturity in Christ to the next level, from glory to glory to glory, is when you are maturing, growing in the word of God, matures a man in Christ where that when he becomes a man, he puts away childish things. As Pastor Rander continues, we are reminded that the father is the priest, protector, provider, and teacher of his home. No family is perfect. However, just look around to clearly see that generation after generation of families built on a solid biblical foundation are more likely to triumph victoriously through all aspects of life. While families lacking a biblically sound foundation tend to regress generationally, we must return to God while we still have time. Thirdly, the third uh, characteristic of a righteous man is that a righteous man is a man of integrity. A righteous man is a man of integrity. Well, what is a man of integrity? A man of integrity is a person who is the same in the dark as he is in the light. I just wonder uh, what happens when it gets dark. The, it's amazing how the darkness can bring the worst out of the out of people. You know, they can act so well and so nice, but don't let it get dark. When it gets dark, it's just something just uh, drives them crazy. Satan gets busy in the dark. People like dark. The darker, the better. Sometimes it's so dark that I walk into places. I say, turn on the light. Some some church worship services. 
uh, or in a state of twilight. It's not neither dark or light. But when you go in Maranatha, the light's going to be on. I like, like Jesus, like God said, let there be light. So we can see the word of God. Yeah, uh, let there be light. <laughs> Men, are you the same in the light as you are in the dark? Or when you're in the dark, does the worst come out of you? A man of integrity, he possesses character in his public life as well as in his private life. Now, some people can put on a good show publicly, but the reality of who you are is really demonstrated in your private life. A man of integrity, he's honest. A man of integrity is upright. What you see is what you get. A man of integrity is just. You're not going to hear this in the world. A man of integrity is honorable, respectable. A man of integrity is ethical. He has ethics. A man of integrity is not careless. You know what a man of integrity does? He takes the high road. He doesn't stoop. He doesn't go down to the level of society. If you see people burning down buildings, he don't join in and burn burn down something. You know, if you see somebody else hitting somebody, wiping somebody else, he says, well, I think I can get away with that too. He says somebody else cheating, he's not going to cheat because somebody else is cheating. He's going to raise the bar in his life. He takes the high road. A man of integrity is trustworthy. You can trust what he says. He means what he says. He says what he means. He talks to talk and walks to walk. A man of integrity is morally sound. sound. He's, he's, a man of integrity is clean. He's right-minded. I've, seen, I've never seen such twisted thinking nowadays. The world is turned upside down. Wrong seems right and right is wrong. Everything is politically correct. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I'm not studying being politically correct. That's what's wiping out of society. I want to be biblically correct. <laughs> I want to be biblically correct. The power is in the word. You know, uh, a man of integrity is one who is safe. Safe. You give him something to take care of. He's going to take care of it. He's going to give it back. He's not going to take something from you and keep it for himself. Psalms 25, 21 says, may integrity and honesty protect you. Did you know that? If you're a man of integrity and honesty, you have God's protection. For I put my hope in you. You put your trust in God, your hope in God, your life in the hands of Almighty God. God will take care of you in the midst of crises, in the midst of Corona, in the midst of protest, in the midst of violence, corruption, and in the midst of of a destructive society. God will take care of you. Your integrity will secure you, will protect you if you keep your hope and trust in Christ. The scripture also says in Proverbs 11.3, if you do the right thing. My dad always told me, I said, Dad, you got a word for me. He said, son, just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Ask yourself when you're confronted with anything, what is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to do before you, Lord? Lord, if you were here, what would you do? 
I want to align myself with what you would do if you were right here in a given situation in life, in school, on the job, with your peers or whatever. Do you just blend in and pretend uh, and, and just lure your standards because you're around your friends? Or do you say, no, I can't do that? And they say, why? I'm a Christian and my faith in God won't allow me to do that. It takes courage to stand in this wicked day. Matter of fact, you can't even have an opposing viewpoint with somebody wanting to wipe you out because you don't think like they think. I don't care about folk not liking me because I'm not talking like they talk and thinking like they think. God didn't call me to talk like they talk and think like they think. But my Bible tells me, come out from among them and be ye separate. <laughs> now, some of y'all getting choked on that because you got too much politics in you, too much media. We're not called to think like everybody. How are you going to be the salt of the earth? A preservative, thinking like everybody else thinking, saying like saying what everybody else is saying. You see, if you do the right thing, honesty will be your guide. But if you are crooked, ooh, some crooked people, they look straight, but they're crooked. You will be trapped by your own dishonesty. Do you realize if you're dishonest and you're sneaking and you're doing things underhanded, do you realize your own dishonesty will eventually ensnare you? Your own dishonesty will trap you and uh, it will it will shame you. You may get by, but you will not get away. That's a lie. From the pits of hell. You know what? Integrity is what gives us credibility as a single man. Integrity is what gives us credibility as a husband, credibility as a father, credibility as an employee, credibility as, uh, in, as a leader in the church. You don't say one thing to one member and another thing to another. You don't start mess and you don't make fires. You're the same with all the people. You're consistent with your verbiage. Church leaders, if you are a person of integrity, you are ever so aware that the Lord is listening to you. When you send that dirty joke or when you're looking at pornography when you're doing something, or when you're saying something in a bedroom, or if you're saying something to a child. Uh, uh, by the way, never gossip in front of your children. Matter of fact, don't gossip, period. And then say, come to church with me. Why should they come and you to share all that mess? I wouldn't come either. Your children are listening to you. Never talk about people in the church, even if it's true. Pray for them. Besides, who, who in here is without sin? Who in here is perfect? Who in here has it all together? Anytime you get to gossip, that's a prayer opportunity. When somebody wants to share some mess with you, say, let's pray. And they will not bring that mess to you. You must be ever so aware that the Lord is listening to you. Some of y'all think God is deaf. He's not deaf. God is going to put some of y'all in the woodshed because you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. He's watching you and he knows the intent of your heart. 
He sees you when daddy can't see you, when mama can't see you, when grandma can't see you, uh, when, when you're in another state, uh, when you're in another room, when you're in a hotel, wherever you are. That's right. When you begin to undress and you know you're not married, you say, oh, God is watching me. You start putting everything back on real fast. Why don't y'all say amen? God is watching me. Therefore, you must guard your heart because nothing goes unnoticed before an all-seeing God. That's why a lot of folks don't like to come to church. Too much truth. <laughs> they don't come. I don't want to be convicted. I don't want to, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Beloved, ignorance of God's law is no excuse. You speed, you go 80 miles an hour in a 30 mile speed rate zone. He could say, well, you say, I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see that, uh, that sign. He said, well, I just help you remember with this little ticket. <laughs> ignorance of God's law is no excuse. Proverbs 15, 3 says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. That means he's omnipresent. His eyes are everywhere. Everywhere. You cannot escape an all-seeing God. You kids that are going off to college, in college, or living in another state, a husband on a business trip, or a wife who says she's in one place or in another, God sees you. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Observing the wicked and the good. God sees the wicked things you do as well as the good and righteous things you do. This means you must not lie. God is listening. He sees. You must not cheat on your taxes. You must not steal. You must not rob God of the tithe. You must not. Don't, don't, you rob God and then expect it to go well with you. You know when you're cheating God. You know that's bold when you God can bless you with all that you have, and then you you struggle with giving God that first portion from the top with a delightful heart. You see, stealing from God is an unholy thing. A gossip, he's listening. Slander. Breaking confidentiality. Someone tells you something and say, well, you, because they need someone to talk to and you go and disclose that for any reason, that is a heinous sin indeed. And oh, you, some, some of you, you can hold it real good while the relationship is on good terms, but when the break, when the relationship turns sour, you spill the beans to get at the person now because of the change in that relationship. No, that doesn't give you permission to break confidentiality because of your, of the dynamic of the relationship changing. Confidentiality is confidentiality. It shouldn't go anywhere. If you know you can't keep your mouth closed, say, look, don't tell me because I like to talk. <laughs> I like to talk. I don't want to put your business in the street. So please tell somebody else who knows how to keep their mouth closed. And, and why do you tell other folk business anyhow? How will that help that person and how will it bless you? He sees. He sees you when you're grumbling. 
He sees you when you're scheming. He sees you when you're manipulating. He sees you when you're coveting another person's possession. He sees you when you are contentious and honoring. He sees you when you uh, do those inappropriate texts, inappropriate emails, and communication that you hide from your spouse trying to erase it. When you're looking at pornography underneath, or you commit sexual immorality to any degree, to name a few. God's eyes are everywhere observing the wicked and the good. Fourthly, ooh, y'all listening now. A righteous father will be a spiritual covering for his wife and children. A righteous father will be a spiritual covering for his wife and children. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Now the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. So many women choke on that. I don't know why. It's in the word of God. If you don't like it, you need to call up heaven. There must be structure in the home. There has to be structure in government. There must be structure in the church. As a matter of fact, the Bible says things should be done decently and in order. Where there, where there is no order, there is chaos. Every father must set the spiritual tone for his family. He must pray, protect, provide, and teach. He must be regularly and actively involved in Christian fellowship and ministry, ensuring that his family is as well. He must faithfully contribute financially to his church and, by example, teach his family to do the same. He must be available to his family. Fathers, stand up for Jesus. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.